A reading from the book of the prophet Isaiah. The spirit of the Lord is upon me because the Lord has anointed me. He has sent me to bring glad tidings to the poor, to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and release to the prisoners, to announce a year of favor from the Lord and a day of vindication by our God. I rejoice heartily in the Lord. In my God is the joy of my soul. For he has clothed me with a robe of salvation and wrapped me in a mantle of justice, like a bridegroom adorned with a diadem, like a bride bedecked with her jewels. As the earth brings forth its plants and a garden makes its growth spring up, so will the Lord God make justice and praise spring up before all the nations. The word of the Lord.
A reading from the first letter of St. Paul to the Thessalonians. Brothers and sisters, rejoice always, pray without ceasing, in all circumstances give thanks, for this is the will of God for you in Christ Jesus. Do not quench the spirit. Do not despise prophetic utterances. Test everything. Retain what is good. Refrain from every kind of evil. May the God of peace make you perfectly holy, and may you entirely spirit, soul, and body be preserved blameless for the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. The one who calls you is faithful, and he will also accomplish it. The word of the Lord. John was spent, sent from God. He came for testimony to testify to the light so that all might believe through him. He was not the light, but came to testify to the light. And this was his, the testimony of John. When the Jews from Jerusalem sent priests and Levites to him to ask him, who are you? He admitted and did not deny it, but admitted, I am not the Christ. So they asked him, what are you then? Are you Elijah? And he said, I am not. Are you the prophet? He, he answered, no. So they said to him, who are you so we can give an answer to those who sent us? 
What do you have to say for yourself? He said, I am the voice of one crying out in the desert. Make straight the way of the Lord, as Isaiah the prophet said. Some Pharisees were also sent. They asked him, Why then do you baptize if you are not the Christ or Elijah or the prophet? John answered them, I baptize with water, but there is one among you whom you do not recognize, the one who is coming after me, whose sandal strap I am not worthy to untie. This happened in Bethany across the Jordan where John was baptizing. The Gospel of the Lord. I would like to give a warm welcome to anyone who might be visiting the cathedral today. Thank you so much for coming to join us in the celebration of Holy Mass. You know, my friends, there's a certain point in life or times in life where we run into those periods where everything might seem bland. And Think of times in our spiritual life when we first come, came to know the Lord where we might have all kinds of joy and enthusiasm and then after a while it just seems flat and uninteresting. Or we start a new job or engage in a new project and we start out with great enthusiasm and then suddenly we lose steam. Or in the course of marriage, there's that time when the honeymoon period wears off. And you might wake up some morning and think, did I really marry him or did I really marry her? We face these things in our life. And one of the things we tend to do is, is when we get into one of these bland periods where everything seems flat, we might start looking around for other kinds of things to excite ourselves or take our attention off of the things we really should be doing. This is a common spiritual experience the Church Fathers called this Asadia. And let's take a look at what one of the Desert Fathers has to say about it, how it applies to our lives, and, and a remedy that is very much close at hand. 
In the early church, there were people who began to live as hermits in the desert in the Mideast, and some of them wrote some very beautiful spiritual writings. They're known as the Desert Fathers. One of them is Evagrius of Pontus. And about this experience of Asadia, he writes this. The demon of Asadia, also called the noonday demon, is the most oppressive of all demons. He attacks the monk about the fourth hour, which would be about 10 a.m., and besieges his soul until the eighth hour, or about 2 p.m. And what the sense of this noonday experience is, is it's in the middle of something in our life where the enthusiasm, this initial enthusiasm or joy we might have experienced has run, off, has run out. And we're right in the middle of things. You know, think of going to college and you might be excited when you're first starting and then kind of as the grind sets in somewhere in the middle, you know, there's sophomore-itis or something like that. So it's this middle time. And then this is a great description of how we experience this. Evagrius says, first of all, he makes it appear that the sun moves slowly or not at all and that the days seem to be 50 hours long. It's that sense of tedium. And there's one experience where St. Teresa of Avila one time was getting really restless in prayer and she tapped at the hourglass just to see if the sand would fall, go through faster. And then Evagrius says, then he compels the monk to look constantly toward the windows, to jump out of the cell, to watch the sun to see how far it is from the ninth hour, to look this way and that for the, one of the blessed brothers that he might come to his cell to distract him from the monotony of his cell. This is that experience where we're looking for all kinds of things to distract us, Today, it might be something like surfing the internet or getting wound up with endless streams of social media feeds or anything to, to distract us from what's really going on in our life. And then Evagrius says, and further, he instills in him a dislike for the place and for his state of life itself for manual labor and also the idea that love has disappeared from among the brothers and there is no one to console him. So think of that experience where suddenly, maybe I'm not so happy in my marriage or I'm not so happy in my job. Or what if I moved? And there's really no one around who cares about me anyway. It's all those kinds of thoughts that might start coming through our minds. And then Evagrius says, 
And there should be someone during those days who had offended the monk. This too the demon uses to further his dislike of the place. If there's someone who hurt us, it seems that the memories of that hurt just keep coming up again and again and again, and we just want to leave, go someplace else where that person isn't around. And then Evagrius says, he leads him on to a desire for other places where he can easily find the wherewithal to meet his needs and pursue a trade that is easier and more productive. He adds that pleasing the Lord is not a question of being in a particular place. He joins to these suggestions the memory of his close relations and of his former life. He depicts for him the long course of his lifetime while bringing the burdens of asceticism before his eyes. This is the grass is always greener on the other side of the fence syndrome. These are common spiritual experiences. It's not only something that affects our prayer life, but it, it tends to weave its way through all aspects of our life. Because indeed, we are to follow the Lord and be faithful to our state in life, in, in all areas of our life. And so what should we happen, or what should we do when these things happen? What should we do when we get to that flat or blah point in our life? What should we do when our spiritual life suddenly seems dry and there's just no more enthusiasm? My dear friends, in our second reading today from St. Paul's letter to the Thessalonians, St. Paul gives us a very important remedy to this experience. It's towards the end of his letter to the Thessalonians, and he gives all kinds of instructions in just a short period of time. And here are three of the things he says. Rejoice always. Pray without ceasing. In all circumstances, give thanks. Rejoice always. Pray without ceasing. In all circumstances, give thanks. And it seems to me the, the first and the third are, 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 of these are tied very closely together. Because when St. Paul talks about rejoicing always, he's not talking about always having good feelings, because our feelings come and go. I don't know about you, but if I had it my way, I'd feel great every day, and I don't. So, so this rejoicing always isn't just a feeling. There's something else. Something that comes from being in, a, in the right relationship with the Lord. And if we 
give thanks, you know, uh, in all circumstances, it helps us rejoice and, and, and keep our mind on the Lord and what he does for us. Every day the Lord fills us with blessings. Think of all the good things that he has done for us. Instead of having our mind focused on all of the things right now that seem to be blah or uninteresting or flat, think of the Lord's blessings. That gives us cause for rejoicing always and gives us cause to thank the Lord in all circumstances. Of course, the reason I'm wearing rose today is it's Gaudete Sunday. We're rejoicing because the Lord's birth is right around the corner. And let us thank the Lord for, for giving himself to us, for being born among us and freeing us from sin. We have all kinds of things to rejoice in and to give thanks to the Lord for. And this is a remedy for those times where everything seems flat or blah. Finally, St. Paul says, pray without ceasing. Now, that does not mean that 24 hours of the day should be spent on our knees. Now, we should spend some time alone with the Lord in prayer every day. Okay, so we should spend some time alone with the Lord in prayer every day. But we pray without ceasing when we take that grace of that prayer and we let it permeate our whole day. Because during that prayer time, it is time for us to enkindle our love and our desire for the Lord. And all throughout the day, we should desire him. So just think about times where, where uh, we can just pause for 30 seconds and thank the Lord for something. Or pause for a moment and tell the Lord we love him. Or pause for a moment and offer him praise. It only takes a few seconds to do this. And when we sprinkle our day with these simple thoughts of the Lord, it's a way of carrying that time alone with him, which is kind of our anchor, and spreading it throughout the day. And if throughout the day we think of the Lord and how much he's blessed us and we thank him, we can pray without ceasing, we can rejoice always, and in all circumstances give thanks. And this is an important remedy for the temptations of Asadia when everything in our life just seems blah and 
we take our mind and our heart off of the Lord, off of love of neighbor, and off of doing God's will for us in our lives. My dear friends, this is a day of rejoicing. The Lord is near. So let us rejoice always. Pray without ceasing. And in all circumstances, give thanks.